Hey everybody, and welcome to another Right Before, Right After. I'm Tom Harwick, your host, and uh, here's another awkward opening. No, uh, it's been a little bit since the last podcast. Uh, I was at my, uh, I had a little writer's retreat house-sitting for my sister, so, yeah, back to the normal grind, and had a bunch of stuff going on recently, medical crap and that, so I just haven't had everything really uh, very scheduled out and uh, so I just haven't gotten to uh, honestly to my writing much or to the podcast so I uh, gotta change that gotta get things a little a uh, little, little more scheduled maybe actually do some kind of calendar or something I don't know like a real adult nah, whatever 36 I still got time uh, anyway so, anywho, uh, I thought I'd do something kind of interesting this time. Also, bear with me if I'm a little even more awkward than usual. Usually, you should still hear music on this because I'm going to use the uh, a cool tool, tool on the Anchor app to add music into the background. But I don't have it right now. I usually have like YouTube blasting something. So I can hear it. So it's just me talking, which is always awkward. Uh, but I uh, was talking to a friend of mine who listened to the podcast and uh, really liked the episode where I edited my own my uh, story of Shot in the Park. Thought that was pretty cool. And he also writes. He's he does a lot of computer stuff. He. Uh, uh, Codes. That's a word. I don't know. I'm dumb when it comes to computers, but he is not. He actually helped me make my uh, website, TomHardwick.com. Check it out. Uh, did a great job. Anyway, he also writes, and he agreed to send me a uh, story that he started to work on and then kind of went off the rails on him. And so he's like, please help me. You know, tear it apart. I don't care. So I was like, oh, cool. Because <laughs> I love tearing stuff apart especially if it's not mine so I don't have to deal with the emotional misery uh no it's honestly I I think that's a very important part of writing and becoming a writer is uh or you know even if you just do it as a hobby in your side time like spare time uh being able to have people I mean, you want to get it to a certain point, you know, necessarily. Like, I think I've talked about that before, where I like to get it where it's walking. The baby's not crawling, it's walking a little bit. But, uh, eventually, it's very good to have people look at it and give you feedback. And I always tell them, tear me down as much as you want. I do not care, as long as you give me some kind of hint on how to build it back up. You know, if you just say, hey, you suck, then I can't really work with that. But if you say, hey, you suck because of this, this, and this, I can work on that. Uh, you know, so he's the same way. He's a tear it down. I don't care what you do. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to use lots of mean words. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that when I edit. But if I do kind of tear it apart, I'm going to make sure, kind of give him a idea how to build it back up. Um... So, I'm gonna. So, the other thing I decided to do, which is a little scary, is I haven't read it yet. <laughs> so, I had him send it to me, and I'm gonna read it, 
and react to it. Live! Kind of. Um, which should, should be interesting. And then uh, I'll talk a little bit, because I, I have read just a little bit at the beginning, and that's when I decided to stop and wait till I started recording the podcast. And I noticed something right off the bat. So I'll probably stop occasionally and discuss some things as I go through it. And then I will pause the podcast, edit it fully, and then I'll get back on here and I'll read the the finished version. Alright, so, Unknown Title by Michael Baker, also known as Baker, or Bakes, or Shake and Bakes, as I like to call him. Anyway, hi Baker. Alright, chapter one. The smell of rotting garbage stung the scientist's nose like the sting of a 9-volt battery on the tongue. A little repetitive there, but I actually kind of like... I like the imagery. It's uh, poignant. Uh, the sound of children playing in the background w- was distracting, but he had to keep looking. It has to be around here somewhere, he said under his breath. He walked past a huge pile of junk cars. Cars from before the HUM happened. Or H-U-M, he has it in. An acronym, which is cool. He doesn't, so far, what little I read doesn't go into that yet, but I like sometimes when, like, you don't have to, I think, resist the urge to explain, is how Jerry Jenkins puts it. You don't have to give the reader everything right off the bat. You can use, as long as you obviously explain it at some point, maybe, but you can use a term and just leave it hanging. As long as when you read it, and I encourage anyone who's writing to read their stuff out loud like I'm doing. Because you'll hear if it gets a little too confusing or, or it muddles the, the writing. But if it doesn't, if it just adds in a little mystery, like, what the heck is the hum? I don't know what that is. Some kind of post-apocalyptic like thing to happen and now we're post-apocalyptic? I don't know. Um, some sort of event. And that's intriguing. I like that. And, and you want to capture people right off the bat. And that's a good way to do it. Anyway, let's go on. Uh, oh, here we go. So, he he walked past a huge pile of junk cars, cars from the when the hum happened. He stops to collect his thoughts. As he wipes the sweat from his brow, he spots a pile of space trash. That's kind of a run-on sentence, but also, and, and this is the one I noticed right off the bat. He changed tenses there. So, we went from things that happened to things that are happening. He stops to collect his thoughts, and then he does this. Um, it doesn't matter. You can write in either, uh, past or present tense, but you gotta pick one. <laughs> you can't slide in and out. Uh, that's just disconcerting to the reader. Um, he, I, I actually discussed this one first part with him a little bit, just kind of, hey, now he's like, yeah, I know. How do I stop doing that when I'm writing? Like. I don't know. <laughs> it's just something you have to keep doing and, and watch. But, you know, they... To some degree, you gotta give yourself the ability to make mistakes like that because you don't want to edit while you're writing. You really want the editing to come after. They say, turn off your inner editor. So, you know, because if you... I have a hard time with that. I would... I have done this before, but usually I catch stuff like this because I move very slowly. <laughs> 
writing a sentence and then looking over the sentence two or three times to see if I got it right. The problem with that is, that's why it takes me like an hour to write 700 words. Uh, I'm slow because of that. So if you have good speed and you just occasionally make mistakes like that, then honestly, make mistakes like that and correct them. And I think that's one reason I like, uh, or I feel like I've gotten stronger as a writer by editing is you go back and you have to correct them again and again and again eventually you'll stop doing it in the writing process if you have to keep fixing it in the editing process and even though they say and it's a good rule of thumb to have someone else edit your your work before you actually put it out there uh, because you'll miss stuff and it's your work uh, it's good to get someone else's eyes on it they're not wrong it is though good to do at least the first edit, I, I, I go over my stories multiple times. Um, you should still be editing your own stuff before you give it to someone else to also edit. Because quite frankly, it takes multiple edits before you get all the crap out of a story, and I don't care who you are. Um, it's the reason it takes so long from submitting to a publisher to them actually putting the book out is it goes through multiple people, not just the editing, but just the proofreading, beta reading, all that. Anyway, definitely edit your own stuff and then give it to someone. Or go through like a an actual editor or something. Anyway, that's the, the tense changing is uh, something you gotta look out for. So I'll just read it as it is and we'll fix it later. A collection of discarded satellites and pieces from antiquated space stations. He starts walking to the space junk. It's in there. I know it, he said in a high-pitched, optimistic tone. He walks, he walks up to the pile, which stood at least ten feet tall, and grabs the edge of a satellite that is on its side. With a stern pull, he ripped the satellite from its resting place, causing a small avalanche of smaller pieces to go with it, revealing a small hatch door. Oh, I always love when you just happen upon a secret hatch. Dang, you lost. Uh, his face lit up with delight as he quickly grabbed the wheel in the center of the door and turned it to the left. Um, okay, let me interject a little bit here. Not bad. Intriguing. Don't know what's going on. Um, that's one of those things. There's an interesting... I found, the more you can cut out of stuff in your story the more power it has. And so you'll, even things you, you wouldn't think of. So, turned it to the left. We probably don't need to know if it was to the right or to the left. Unless, now I might read a little further, and that might actually be a very important uh, thing, but probably not. Probably you could have just said, turned it. That's some of the stuff. Very little things, and very stupid, you know, like, not stupid as in he's stupid for writing it, but stupid, like, you wouldn't think it's that big a deal. Oh, I grabbed the doorknob with my hand and, and twisted it to the right. Uh, you know, I pulled the door towards me and, you know, with my right hand. You know, you cut little things out here and there, mentioning your hand, mentioning grabbing it, mentioning, you know whether it's left or right or, or all that um, things that are easy for the reader to assume in their mind 
just cut, 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 cut. And you'll think, well, what's the matter if I say, le you know, he turned it to left or he just turned it. But when you do that through the whole work and then you read through it, you'll see so much more power. Like it just gets to the nitty gritty and that's what you want. Which hopefully we'll see when I get to the end of this or when I edit it. A puff of dust shot out around the door. It's been closed for a long time. Yeah, see, it's... It's still jarring to me, The Anyway, I'll fix it. He cracks the door open, revealing a faint green glow that cascaded over his clean-shaven face like an alien sunset of sorts. So now we, we know he's clean-shaven. I don't know if that's important. But that's one of those things I was talking about in my, my own... Where I... For some reason, I do it in multiple stories, which is hilarious to me. I, I always have them, like, brush their hair out of their eyes so I can get a chance to say what color their hair is and what color their eyes are. And it's a really stupid move. Um, this, I don't know, it may be important that he, he's shaved. Uh, like, he, in fact, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say since we are kind of talking, well, we don't know, but... The imagery that's been used so far seems like a kind of post-apocalyptic thing. It might actually be very important that he, you know, like part of his character that he is clean-shaven. Takes the time to actually shave in the apocalypse, if that's what this is. So, it, you know, you don't always have to. You just have to decide. Is this important? Does this need to be in here? Or is it taken away at all from, you know, my, my story having quick power? You know, you don't want clumsy, uh, you know, just big power punches. You want fast, strong jabs. Anyway. Uh, let's see. He cracks the door open, revealing a faint green glow that cascaded over his clean-shaven face like an alien sunset of sorts. Interesting. I kind of like that. Opening the door, he sees a mirror on the inside of the door. I hate repetition. I do it. This is not to bag on you, Mike. I'm sorry. But I do that, too. Opening the door, he sees a mirror on the inside of the door. I mean, you might need to know it's on the... It's, so it's on the back of the door, I guess. I hate saying the word door twice, though. Looking in the mirror... And also, the word mirror has been in, two, in very close proximity. And you'll just... You'll get to that when you're writing. You'll... I do it, there's one in the Guardian, oh my gosh, and I totally bought like 90 copies of the book to put out, but there's like one part where I, I say, I do that, I like say something, and then it's right in the next sentence, and <laughs> I can't fix it now, <laughs> but uh, it's not necessarily a mistake, but a little repetition sometimes can be jarring to the reader too, and it, it might actually be worse if you're a writer. I don't know. I've really noticed it myself now. Because uh, you see it in everything. Like, even professional, like, published by an actual, you know, publisher, uh, you know, authors do it. I, I catch it all the time. Uh, let's see. Looking in the mirror, he sees a smudge of suit. A smudge of suit. Of soot on his cheek. Sorry, I just like saying soot like soot. <laughs> uh, looking in the mirror, he sees a smudge of soot on his cheek and pulls up the corner of his coat and wipes it off. There's another one. Just say he wipes it off. And let the reader, you know, decide if it's 
or wipes it with the corner of his coat, I guess you could say if you wanted, but he pulls out the corner of his coat and wipes it off. It's very long and cumbersome. He walks into the room as if he knows where he is, but a peculiar type of unfamiliarity. It's kind of weird. I think I know what he's getting at, though, and that's cool. I might phrase that a little different. Put the unfamiliarity first, maybe. Anyway. Like it's unfamiliar, but still strangely a little bit familiar. A great office chair might be a good place for someone, too. Anyway, we'll get that. A uh, gray office chair is bolted to the floor in front of a control board full of switches and knobs. The screens were on as if ready for him the whole time. Finally, he said as he sat in the chair and spun around to face the control board. Nah, I like that. I like that it mentions the screens were on as if ready for him and then he says finally like this is what he was looking for. He was ready for it. And it's sitting there like it was waiting for him to get there, so now I'm very intrigued what's going on here. He lightly runs his fingers across the keyboard, feeling the keys. Now I'm glad he's feeling the keys. If he was feeling something else on the keyboard, that would be weird. He starts typing something on the keyboard. <laughs> I didn't think he was typing on the monitor. Time, date, oh, and there's a bunch of numbers. I'm not going to read that off. Also, I'm, I'm making little sarcastic comments there. Baker, don't be offended. I do that to my own writing, too, because I do the same thing, too. I mean, I'm telling you, we all do it all the time, and it's really funny. That's why I, I'm not trying to be snarky or mean. I say those because it's funny to me. Because I do it, and it's funny when I do it, too. Uh, if you if you re-listen to the a shot in the park or any of the other editing ones, I'll probably end up doing. I I get the same exact tone. Like, oh, I'm glad. What else are you gonna talk about? <laughs> I just I don't know. I like doing that. It's funny to me. I'm weird. With a mighty stroke, he pushes pushes the enter presses the enter button. I don't know why, but that made me really laugh. With a mighty stroke. Just imagine this dude just hauling off on this enter button, just like, yes! For Eternia! I have the power! <laughs> I'm not gonna be mean, I said at the beginning. What a jerk I am. Alright. No, I, that's, I do the same thing with stuff. I Trust me. It's all good. And the door automatically closes behind him. He doesn't even flinch, and with a bright flash, the space junk pile implodes. Well, that's cool. He sits back in the chair and puts his feet up. A smile on his face reflects his feelings of a job well done. A small ding similar to an egg timer gets his attention. Putting his feet back on the floor, he looks at the screen. Username? He says in a questioning tone with his eyes squinted. The screen had prompted him. Had prompted him. He shrugs his shoulders. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm glad to know he didn't shrug his feet. Uh, he shrugs his shoulders and stops to think. Should I make a tough name? He thought. Or he stopped to think, so we can kind of probably cut out the he thought. I'll, I'll probably do that. No, it should be cool. He types as Viper, but with a 3 for the E, which is awesome. It's such a gamer thing. He types Viper into the space on the screen. 
He hits the enter button and the screen turns a menacing red color. Username taken. All caps. I actually like this part a lot. The screen said in big lead, big lead, big red letters. Jeez, I can't talk today. Um, okay, he said in a monotone voice. He types in. Ah, uh, yeah, see, he said, and but then he types. So we're switching tenses. Uh, he types in Glenn with again with a three for the e, which much more pedestrian. Glenn and hits the inner button. Glenn being his given name, he would use it from time to time as a username, slightly stylized, of course. I like that. We'll probably cut trim here or there to make that get to the point quicker. A soothing female voice played from a small old speaker next to the screen. Accepted. A thumbs up appears on the screen. That's cool. And the door pops open. He gets up and walks to the door. Daylight peeks through the crack in the door. Okay. Yeah, here's again. Notice how many times we've said door. Thumbs up appears on the screen and the door pops open. He gets up and walks to the door. Daylight peeks through the crack in the door. It just... Door, door, door. It gets... And you may... You know, I'm sorry if I ruined this for anyone. Because that's one of those things... You, sometimes you don't really notice until someone points it out. And then it's just like... Oh my gosh, make it stop. You know... Um, that kind of actually kind of happened with me recently when I, I did one of my editing uh, classes, basically, like uh, through my mentorship, uh, anyway, or through the guild, the writer's guild. Um, did a thing on editing, and, and it really got into that. Uh, grab it. He grabbed it with his hand. Well, what else does he even grab it with? You know, and stuff like that, and things, and repetition. And I read a I, I did a, I'm not going to say the author's name, because it's a great book idea, and it's a nice book. But, oh my gosh, I, I we had switched, I sent her my book, she sent me her book, and, you know, we both read them, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get past the, the waitress walks, you know, holding the tray with the food, and places the food down with her hands and slides it, not that bad but it just explained every action that happened and it just oh and and repetition and other things basically everything i went through in editing class was in there and it was a it was a nice little like cozy mystery type thing i really liked the premise i was enjoying it and then i could not read it <laughs> because now i knew <laughs> And no, we may be half the battle, but sometimes it's also torture. Uh, so anyway, sorry Baker, now you're going to notice this all the time when you use words too close together. Uh, the smell of grass and fresh air is strong as he nears the door. He swings it open to reveal a bright sunny day. He steps out and sees rolling green hills of grass. No trash anywhere. He takes a deep breath and turns around to look at the vessel he had traveled in. A big transparent blue button next to the door flashes and catches his eye. He walks over and presses the button. Instantly there was a big flash and the ship shrinks down to the size of a toy car. Oh wow, okay. He picks it up and holds it in the palm of his hand. The only part that hadn't shrunk was the blue button. 
The vessel had turned into something resembling a remote control with one button. You know what? This is six pages. I'm actually going to stop right there. Because it's already been... We'll, we'll do this in a two-parter. I'm deciding right now. I did not realize this was six pages. That's kind of a lot. That's super intriguing so far. So I don't know if it's a ship that actually, like... Travels, travels? Or if this just... Because it seemed like he was in a control room. Like, just a normal... Like, in a base or something. So I don't know if it just teleports, maybe? Because, you know, nothing was said about not any jostling or any, you know, going through it. Just seems like he's here, then he's there. So I don't know if this is like some ship you just get in and teleport and then it shrinks. That's super cool. I, I don't know what the heck is going on. I thought we were just doing a post-apocalyptic thing. Uh, very intriguing. So, uh, I am going to stop and edit this. And we'll see what we have when we're done. Okay, 25. Yeah, that'll give me enough time to... I'll edit it, I'll read it to you real quick, and we'll see where it's at. And then I'll do another episode, probably tomorrow, where I'll, I'll do the rest of this story. We'll break it into two parts. Alright. Be back in a second, for you guys. I need a, like some kind of sound effect when I... Uh, pause this, because it's almost like time travel, because for you, no time has gone away at all, but for me, I've actually sat and edited the thing. Anyway, here we go! Blah. And just like that, we have returned. See? Told you. No time at all for you. Lots of time for me. Alright, so I'm done, and I will read you the new version. First of all, let me state that this, this is a little unfair to Mike, because I kept interrupting the first version with my little interjections so of course it felt a little disjointed and all that but we read you the new version and I think it has just a little more it gets there a little faster a little more oomph I changed a couple things here and there but mostly just cutting stuff and you'll see the difference hear the difference oh hold on just a second because I just realized I left my cooler going hold on that's better. This background noise. Hope you all appreciate this because I'm in California, which is literally on fire right now. It's pretty hot out here. Don't worry. My area is not on fire, though very close. Anyway, it does tend to get pretty hot, so I try not to turn the cooler off until I'm ready to record. But it's a bit loud, so I figured I'd turn it off. So now you know that I have a reason to keep these a little shorter so I don't get super hot. Alright. The smell of rotting garbage stung the out of place scientist's nose like a 9 volt battery on the tongue. I added the out of place because it just seemed like a scientist like digging through a junk pile that might be notable. Uh, feel free to take that out, Mike. I, I just think it's interesting you mentioned children playing. You know, always going through trash piles. This seems like some kind of post-apocalyptic area where people just live near trash and stuff. But I'm not sure. Like, it's it's definitely some twists and stuff in this story. I can't really nail down where we're at, when we're at. It's cool. Uh, let's see. Smell of rotting garbage stung the out-of-place scientist's nose like a 9-volt battery on the tongue. 
Children playing noisily in the background threatened distraction, but he forced himself to keep looking. It has to be around here somewhere, he said under his breath. He walked past a, a huge pile of junk cars from before the hum. He stopped to collect his thoughts and wipe sweat from his brow when a pile of space trash caught his attention. Discarded satellites and pieces of antiquated space stations. It's in there, I know it, he said as he prepared to scale the nearly ten-foot pile. He grabbed the edge of a satellite, ripping it from its resting place and causing a small avalanche of debris. He dodged clumsily to keep the fallen remnants of bygone advancement from swallowing him. His face lit up when he saw the uncovered hatch. He barely kept his feet as he rushed to the hatch wheel. He struggled against it, then nearly lost his balance again when it finally turned. A puff of dust shot out as he cracked the door open, revealing a faint green glow that cascaded over him like an alien sunset. There was a mirror on the inside of the door, in which he saw a smudge of soot on his cheek that he wiped with the corner of his coat. Just a note right here, I'll, I'll stop here uh, for a second. If, personally, unless this mirror is important, I'd cut that entirely. I'm not sure why we need to know there's a mirror or, like, soot on his face. If it's, a, but I don't know the rest of the story. If it's important that we know there's a mirror on the inside of the door, then leave it. Anyway, there was a mirror on the inside of the door in which he saw a smudge of soot on his cheek that he wiped with the corner of his coat. He walked into the he walked into the room that felt foreign and familiar at the same time, like hearing a new song that reminds you of an old one. A gray office chair was bolted down in front of a board full of switches and knobs. The screens were already on as if they had been awaiting him. Finally, he sat in the chair and spun around to face the control board, lightly running his fingers across the keys. He began typing, time date, 07162131-3672916. He hammered down on the enter button. The door automatically closed behind him. He looked on with anticipation and didn't even flinch when the space junk pile imploded with a bright flash. He leaned back, put his feet up, and smiled at a job well done. A small ding like an egg timer grabbed his attention. He put his feet down and stared at the screen. Username, he said, squinting at the prompt. He shrugged his shoulders and stopped to think. Should I make a tough-sounding name? He thought. Oh. No, stopped to think and then he thought, I left that. What the heck is wrong with me? I mentioned it, then I left it. Also, I'm noticing I left some of this in the wrong tense, but I've been changing it as I've been reading it, because, again, it's hard to notice sometimes. Uh, so let's just make that one sentence with no break. Should I make a tough-sounding name? No, it should be cool. He typed Viper with a three into the space on the screen. As he tapped enter, the screen turned a menacing red. Username taken, it stated boldly in huge letters. Um, okay, he said in a monotone. He typed Glenn with a three and tried again. Glenn being his given name, he would use it from time to time as a username, slightly stylized, of course. He found not too many people went with Glenn, a soothing female with the three. A soothing female voice crackled from a small, ancient-looking speaker next to the screen. Accepted, the voice cooed. A thumbs-up appeared on the screen and the door popped open. Daylight peeked through the cracked door, carrying dust on beams of light. 
The smell of grass and fresh air threatened to overwhelm him as he opened the door fully to reveal a sunny day. He stepped out to rolling green hills, no trash anywhere. He took a deep breath and turned to look at the vessel he had traveled in. A big transparent blue button next to the door flashed, catching his eye. He pressed the button and stood stunned as the ship shrunk down to the size of a toy car with, with a flash. He picked it up and held it in the palm of his hand. The only part that hadn't shrunk was the blue button. Remarkable, he said, holding what resembled a remote control with one button. And that's it. I have to clean up a few things that I missed, but uh, yeah. So from just over two pages, although probably less than that because he had it like spaced a little different, uh, to one page. And basically, I mean, it reads mostly the same. It's just I, I take out anything where he goes to do something or you know anything that the reader can assume okay I, like it said he walked over to the button okay he was away from the button so the action was he had to walk over there but we know that if he's pressing it that means he moved towards it also um putting in things like he looked over there he looked over there over here you know he did this he looked up he looked down um most of the time, when we're, obviously, this scientist is our main character. He is who we're seeing this scene through. So think of his eyes as the camera. Anything he sees, we see. So you don't have to say he looked to the right and saw this. He can just see it. I mean, if it's important to know that it's on the right, then obviously. But my point is, you don't have to see that he saw, or you don't have to say that he saw things. Because we can see that he saw it. No. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to say he saw this. He can just see it. Because he is our camera. We are only seeing this story through him. Um, I do like it, though. It's got... I'm still not exactly sure. Also, um... Got a little lost on the room. Uh, it kind of, you know, it goes through a hatch and then a, a door. You know, or... The hatch is the door, but yeah, he turns the hatch wheel, opens the door, goes through into something, and I kind of imagined it like a control room, you know, mentions a room, and so when it says he can see the space trash, like, implode, uh, is he looking through a window to the space trash, or is the space trash in the room? Is the room not completely sealed off like a room? Or is it so there were, there were parts where I wasn't exactly sure, but he's inside an actual uh vehicle type thing. <laughs> uh again, very very cool. I actually like not knowing exactly what this weird ship thing is. Uh you know, does it travel to the places? Does it just trans uh, teleport to the places? Does it it kinda at first it it almost seemed like uh Oh man, there's that scene on Doctor Strange where he like, there's that word, the door where you turn the knob and it, from the, from a winter, you know, from like a, a cold barren wasteland to like a desert and then to full, or a jungle or something, you know, it almost seemed like that, like the, the thing was just a, a portal and staying the same, and, but no, he, he walks out of, he looks back at it, it folds up into a, a crazy remote thing, so obviously it transports him to these place to this place. Um, that's kind of cool. Also, 
I don't know, it could be time travel too. That's what's funny. I still don't know anything that's going on. And he mentions like old satellites and all that, and then it goes from dirt in a junk pile to green rolling hills so maybe it just time traveled and he's back to before the apocalypse and this is still an apocalypse thing i don't know i haven't read the rest of the story yet so <laughs> which is kind of an interesting problem that i didn't read it before but i like it i, I like that i didn't because now i have no idea what's going on and i love that um it has kind of that I don't know, it folding up into like a, or shrinking into like a, a remote, not that anything on this particular show did that, but the whole thing has almost Doctor Who vibe to it, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, obviously different, he's not in a, you know, call box uh, that is bigger on the inside than the outside and, and all that crap, but, but I just, I like that, it, it had that kind of a... Uh, yeah, retro sci-fi feel to it, which is cool. And again, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Uh, so that's cool. As long as there's a... There's a cool little payoff here in the next... Because there's like three more pages after this one. Then I will really be digging this. This, this is kind of cool. Great opening, though. Great opening. Uh... Give you a little praise since I like was a snarky jerk earlier. Uh, yeah, great opening. Just gotta take take out anything that's repetitive, anything that uh, describes too much the action that you're doing if it doesn't need to be described. Uh, re resist the urge to explain. You know, there's certain things that you can just leave to the reader, and they will figure that crap out. And then there's other things I'm not sure exactly what is going on. Um, and yes, yeah, I mean, you, I'll probably, I should probably, you know, what I should probably do is post these things on the web, my website, tomhardwork.com, and, uh, with the original, because it's kind of hard when you're just hearing it back to back, uh, it's, when you see it, you can definitely see what I've done with the cutting, um, yeah, maybe, maybe if he's cool with it, I'll post that, and also, uh, excerpt I did from a shot in the park the before and after that might be kind of cool to see actually on the website um, feel free to visit the website um, I think this so with this podcast I've been trying to figure out exactly what direction I kind of wanted to go with it I tried the first eight episodes I tried a lot of different things uh, so I think what I'm settling on is Instead of doing an episode for before and an episode for after, I'm just going to do what I did just now and pause the podcast, do my writing, and then finish with how the writing went. That way, before and after in one podcast, less messy. That's good. As far as what I want on the podcast, I, I tried different things. I tried just kind of mostly talking about what I was actually working on and how it went. Uh, I tried just talking about writing in general. Uh, different principles of writing, almost an instructional type thing for those who, some people are, you know, writers or, or write, you know, as a hobby that listen to this and some don't. Some are just checking up on me to make sure I still am. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, so some of it was instructional and then of course I had my, where I shared one of my short stories and then I had where I showed how I edit. 
Um, I, w I wanted to get a lot of different things so I could get some feedback on all those things and decide which way I wanted to go with the podcast. And the answer was all of the above. I'm going to do it all. Um, I actually liked all those things. So we're going to mix it up from, you know, here and there. And I think what I'll do is I'll just designate one day for uh, the editing, which, you know, is actually something I kind of do. Um, I'll just have an editing day. And that'll be for the podcast every week on that day. Instead of doing a before and after my writing session, I'll do a before and after my editing session. And I'll read either, and I have a another author is going to let me kind of critique their work. Maybe not after hearing this one. Uh, and then, you know, I'll from friends and other writers I know, I'll, I'll probably get some good samples from other writers that I can kind of critique and you guys can see you know that process and also uh, my current uh, works like I am currently editing uh, I've already finished The Watcher which is a cool little uh, fantasy kind of campfires horror story um, and that's in its editing phase right now so that might be a good one to throw on there on editing day actually I think that's what I will do um, so anyway, that'll be just kind of a weekly, one of the podcasts will be just for editing. And then I'll kind of sprinkle, I might even have some interviews with some of my friends that write sprinkled here and there. And mostly it'll be me talking about what I'm working on and principles of writing and, you know, how my writing sessions went, all that stuff. Um, but I want to yeah, keep it varied, I want to mix it up. So anyway, this went a lot longer than I anticipated. 41 minutes. I, I wanted to keep it around 30 minutes. I'm going to try my hardest to keep these around 30 minutes. But, uh, again, TomHarwick.com. You can check that out. Send me a message. Uh, author Tom Harwick, Harwick, I believe. Author Tom Harwick. Well, I wish I could say my own name. Uh, on Facebook, I believe is where you can find me on there. And if you would, uh, like and subscribe on the, uh, or subscribe to my podcast on whatever you're listening to it on. Uh, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Spotify, I'm on everything thanks to uh, Anchor, which is super, super cool app. Uh, anyway, yeah, if I could get some subscriptions, even if you don't listen to it all the time or ever, still, subscribe, that would be really cool. And, uh, you know, if you want to hop on my Facebook or my uh, website or, or whatever and uh, ask a writing question or send me something you want me to edit, as long as it's like only a page or two. You know, not not a ton, but, you know, whatever, I'm down, as long as you don't mind me being a snarky butthole about it. Uh, <laughs> I hope I wasn't too mean. <laughs> I have to talk to him a lot. I play Call of Duty with this guy, he might shoot me in the back. I don't think he can, but still. Uh, yeah, so, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up there, since we're closing in on 45 minutes, and... Thanks for your time. I hope you guys like the podcast. I don't even have, like, music going right now to send you out with. But there will be. Once I get on Anchor. Alright. Awkward. Awkward goodbye it is. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. You still here? Get out of here. Alright, bye-bye.